They should. All right, awesome. We got sound is picking us up, so. I can hear one ear. It's better than nothing. You sure? Yeah. All right. One good ear is better than no ears. It'll be a lot cooler. Week six. Welcome to the role players. We're getting in a groove, man. I think yeah. we are. Yeah, yeah. Week six. We gotta we gotta bounce back after our uh, hideous. Uh, performance picking. So I, I, what I did was I canceled our reservations to Vegas because I, th- I thought after week one we were we were money. We started picking against the spread and uh, much harder, much harder. We found <laughs> picking against the spread, especially yeah. in the in the pros. Yeah, that's week one. The pros is a little bit, little little off week. Kind of. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not in tune with the NFL anymore. But goofy things tend to happen in in week one. Well, well, every week, but in week one too, because a lot of teams are rusty. Like offensive, the offensive performances in week one from a lot of these teams were just you know awful. Yeah, a whole lot of good offenses look terrible. A lot yep. of people, except for the Jaguars, they look great. They, you know, Calais Campbell four sacks. Right, Saxonville. Sax- I saw their Twitter profile got changed to Saxonville. That's right. Yeah. Don't don't sleep on the Jaguars. Like I, I think I think the 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 show page tweeted out. Man, there's still room on the bandwagon. I, I don't know who put that yeah, out which there. Which one of us could have? Yeah. I, I have no idea. What, while we're talking about Saxonville, man, just want to for those listening uh, in Jacksonville, you guys are in our thoughts and prayers. I, you know, I've seen. Um, some of the pictures, uh, some videos from my family who's still down there, and man, gosh, it just looks absolutely awful. I know a lot yeah. of folks are gonna be without power for a while, kind of lost a lot of stuff. So um, we're definitely thinking about you. So we would tell those once again who we talked about Red Cross, uh, through your local, any local charity that uh, supports hurricane relief. If you guys can do what you can, um, I know that that we certainly will here on the show. But just want to make a, a a push to to show some love and love one another mm-hmm. if we can um it, so last week last college college man we we several were, big games several big games i mean let's let's go with the local first man um i, I think we talked about this a little bit pre-show georgia going up to notre dame for the first time mm-hmm. since one uh north of the first Mason. time ever playing there ever playing notre yeah. dame and the last time they went that far north was what michigan in like 1965 something like that ago, maybe yeah. i don't know hey man they gotta win they gotta win yeah big win tight win tight win that was but, that was nerve-wracking down to the last to the last play yeah it, it was a it, it was great to go up there and yeah, with a true freshman to walk in there you know in year two for kirby he really needed that I think probably a loss would have hurt more than a win helps. Yeah. Like overall perception yeah. and everything. Because, yeah. like you said, don't know how good Notre Dame is. Right. Four and eight last season. Yeah. And and then he didn't have a great quarterback last season, I thought. Deshaun Kaiser. At least he's start, he's starting. <laughs> starting. To, his coach thought he wasn't good enough to leave. But uh, apparently, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so Deshaun Kaiser goes and you know, leaves. and Notre New Dame, coordinators on both sides. You know, switch things up. Of course, Brian Kelly will tell you. Nothing's changed. Nothing. Nothing Nothing's at all. Nothing's changed. Hey, and they lost that by one point, not one possession. Yeah, so not let's one make, possession. Let's make sure we're we're clear one on the point. semantics here. Yeah. Um, so I don't. You said that you'd heard some people saying it was a a signature win for Kirby. I don't. I wouldn't. 
I wouldn't say that. I don't think it has. Like I said, I don't know if a signature win is a team that's ranked, you know, what is it, nine spots below you? Right. I don't know if that's really a, a signature. I think of a signature as, as a win over, you know, I know Notre Dame was favored, but, I mean, come on. I, I would think over, like, a top-ten team or somebody like a Bama or, in our case, Florida's our, you know, uh, sure. Stands in our way. But, yeah, signature uh, against the four-win team from the year before that we just don't know how good they'll be. We can look. You can look back at the end of the year and say maybe it was a signature win. If Notre Dame turns out to be a great team and wins ten games, then sure. I mean, the the whole – I think it's just the whole environment and who it was that that stands out to people more so than the actual team out there. Because if you put a different uniform on them, you wouldn't think anything of it. You know, right. and if you were playing in a different venue, which, by the way, if you saw – I would say probably forty percent of the stadium was yeah, red. That's a that's a I think that's a good estimation. That's pathetic. That if is you're Notre Dame. Yeah, you know I've I've been fortunate enough to be in that stadium twice in my life, and I've in in one time was a USC, the other time was Penn State, and uh, nowhere near the amount of USC or Penn Penn State fans in that stadium. It, it, it was just um, unreal. The the uh, way that Georgia travels. So kudos to Georgia fans who were willing to put down some coin because it's not easy to get in Notre Dame Stadium no. during a big game. Um, I would be I would be angry though if I were a coach or a player and I looked up and saw that I mean anywhere between twenty thirty thousand fans that many tickets because we were allotted eight thousand. Right. So that means the other you know. Twenty-two thousand were sold from Notre Dame fans. That's you know what, you know what it was reminiscent of hmm. going to a Georgia basketball game when they play Kentucky. That's what it reminded <laughs> yes. me. Of. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, because it was loud. The roars whenever Georgia made a play, and then when Notre Dame had the ball, it sounded like they were on the road, right? Or, or at least a neutral site, right? Yeah, at at least maybe that's the Georgia fans are just louder than than the Notre Dame fans that were there. But I don't. Yeah, you can't you can't have that, and I'm sure it was a much bigger game for Georgia fans than Notre Dame because they play USC all these teams all right, the time, and right. and for Georgia fans to go up there to a place like that um, is a special trip. So it, it sure meant more to Georgia fans, but still, you don't you don't sell your team out like that. Never. Well, so dominating performance on defensively, I think they got one touchdown off of a turnover mm-hmm. uh, from Jake Fromm, who. After, you know, week week one, a lot of people were, Georgia fans were crowning, crowning him, him, right? Exactly. And we said, yeah, slow down, wait wait and see what happens. And he had some true freshman moments, you know, with his fumble and then his pick, a few other uh, decisions. But overall, I thought he played well. He had a couple, a couple big plays that should have been touchdowns that were dropped. So, overall, I think he played solid. Like, I don't... I- you don't ever. Like, I don't think a quarterback ever wants to be called a game manager. But in this, this situation, I think even Kirby mentioned after the game, "Hey, one of the things that we want to make sure we we limit is if that if that position can limit turnovers, and that puts us in a good position to win a ball game. You know, many ball games, and that's until Eason returns. That's what you're with, and you don't. You, you would love to see Jake go out there and and have. Maybe two touchdowns and maybe one pick and throw for you know two eighteen or two thirty. That, that I think that's a, a great day. What you don't want to see is you know one hundred and seventeen passing yards and three interceptions. Yeah. Um, so with the defense playing like it was too, you don't you don't need to try to go pass crazy and, and put it all on him. Mm-hmm. And he 
they did more often than I am used to. They did a lot where they throw on first down and and letting him air it out. So I was I was surprised at that because historically a lot of times in big moments or in games like that they just run up the middle, run up the middle. You know, lean on Chad yeah. Michelle way too much. So that was encouraging. Well, uh, hey, not we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that phenomenal catch by Terry. Is it Godwin? Oh yeah, Terry Godwin. Yeah, that was that was a great catch. That was beautiful. Only thing that would have made it better was if they had called it a catch the first time. <laughs> you know, like that would have made like the sound bites better from the announcers and everything. But yeah, that was that was beautiful. Reminiscent Georgia fans. It was reminded of AJ Green had a one-handed catch against Colorado back in 2010. It was the same type thing, and we haven't. We haven't had many playmakers at receiver do things like that in a while, so that was that was refreshing. So probably the play of the game for Georgia. So, well, other than the the fumble late, second right. fumble. So Georgia moves it two and zero on the season. They'll have Samford, Samford yeah. the Bulldogs of Samford. Chris Al- Hatcher coaches there. Alabama. I don't know who Chris Hatcher oh, okay. is. <laughs> he coached at Southern. He coached high school ball. Ah, that, okay. So, so um, kudos to Georgia. Let's move on. Uh, another game uh, that we picked last week, Clemson Auburn. I think this was a loser loser game for us, yeah. uh, a big loser game for me. And, and I tell you, when I'm wrong, I'm gonna let you know when I was wrong because yeah. I, I picked the over on the points, uh-huh. and I, I think I put them at plus seventy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think if they played this game five times, they wouldn't reach seventy points uh, together. Together, right? I th- and wait a minute. I think Jared Sidham just got sacked again yeah. by the Auburn defense. <laughs> that poor um, guy. Man, they are scary good, huh? That D-line, I, yeah. I, I think the Clemson the defense, not Auburn defense. Yeah, but I, I think I said last week I think they're the best D-line in the country. I, I think they are. That was that was dominant. I mean, to hold that Auburn, who every year is is at the top or the top rushing team in the in the conference and always at 300-something yards a game. They helped him to, let me see, 30, 39 points, uh, 38 yards rushing net. Now, that includes sacks. Right. Cameron Petway had 70-something yards. But to hold them as a team under 40 yards rushing, that <laughs> just that hasn't happened. It's just an unbelievable performance. The, I think the thing that we shouldn't forget, though, is Auburn has a pretty stingy defense uh, uh, mm-hmm. themselves. So, uh it, the Auburn's defense kept them in that football game. Yeah, great um, defense there too. So, you know, we talk about Clemson's eleven sacks, but to, to really that game wasn't salted away until uh, midway, late to the second second half, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, and but, Kelly Bryant, so he wasn't playing all that great, you know, in the first half, first quarter, and then he gets sacked and basically pile drive him into the ground. And he has to leave, and right. they thought maybe he had a concussion. I mean, it was a dirty play, which tends to happen a lot with Auburn's defensive line and quarterbacks. But So he gets smashed into the ground, comes back in, and starts making plays, rushing right. for touchdowns. And, it's hey. like somebody put, knocked some sense into him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were joking that, hey, in the future, if he's struggling, have one of your teammates just pick him up and smash him into the ground, and and that'll work. And, yeah, so they held nobody on, on Clemson's team. None of the running backs broke 20 yards, um, but Kelly Bryant did it. Did it all himself. So, kudos to Clemson. Uh, and, I, and Auburn fans, some of them are jumping off cliffs. Like, just freaking out, ready to see, you know, fire gusts, which they said that for a while. You might have an argument for that. But just because of this game. So, a lot of them were thinking 11-1, 10-2, win the West. You, mm-hmm. you had them uh, yep. win the SEC. But 
you just, I mean, you just went up there and lost by, what, eight points to the defending national champion with that defensive line on the road. That's not a terrible loss. I mean, they, I mean they, you know, I had in my notes that it, it's Auburn's very fortunate they'll never see a defense like that again, you know, dot, dot, dot. But they will. But the good yeah. news is, is I don't know if LSU is as fast and as athletic up front as as uh, Clemson is. And no, I don't know I don't if think their this, line is. And this I don't season, think Bama's line is you know, So, so I think Auburn's in. I mean, look, that, and you that have game's time to work it out, right? It's not. It's not conference play. So, so settle still, down. Still didn't play terrible for the time he had. I mean, he was running for his life back there. So right. he didn't play terrible. It's not. I mean, people calling him a bum and all this stuff and. See, he was Jeremy Johnson 2.0. I'm like, I, did, I mean, come on. That was that one game against would, a top five defense. Oh, my gosh. And it, it, I actually watched replay of the 11, of the 11 sacks, and it was just almost – and you're talking about almost scary good on the different techniques that the defensive line for Clemson used in each situation. I think maybe one or two of them you could qualify as a coverage sack, but just the way they worked in tandem to, to maybe – uh, I mean, one time, you know, a defensive end comes and just – or maybe it's one of the tackles. Just I can't remember which one it was. But just basically shoves the offensive lineman back into the quarterback. He doesn't get credit for the sack. It comes from the opposite side. But when the quarterback, Stidham, had nowhere to move up in the pocket, like typically quarterbacks do when the pressure comes from the outside, I mean, it's just – it's a swarm. It's not just one great defensive tackle. It's mm-hmm. it, or, or it's four great defensive linemen, a good set of linebackers, and, you know, they just put you in and in, in, in credit Brent Venables, man. Yeah. For for putting his players in a position to be successful. Yeah. It's amazing how much better a coordinator he is when they're bringing in five stars on the defensive line, too. Just <laughs> let me point that out. Because before he got there, I never thought of him as anything special. Wasn't he Oklahoma before? I think so, yeah. And, uh, I mean, they had some good defenses, but nothing otherworldly. But he gets there and start, they start bringing in that talent. And, good Lord, that's – yeah, that's ferocious. Yep. So Auburn fans just – Breathe, take a step back. You know, the world isn't ending. No. You're going to play next week, and it's one game. And like we said about Florida State last week, who are you going to go get if, yeah. if you fire Gus? So, USC, man, here's a team that, and I made a mistake last week because I thought this Me game too. was playing at Stanford. It was at USC. And when I turned this on, I was like, oh. And I still thought USC was going to, going to. Not cover. Y- yes, and I was wrong. Uh, USC still gave up. I want to say it was 160. Yeah, Bryce Love, 163 Might have been or 160 flat, but uh, plenty of rushing yards. On the ground, Chris played well, but it's just when you give up 600. What is it? 623 yards of offense for USC. Man, that is just. Ooh. That's just. Hey. They're clicking right now. I still think and it, it takes a lot for a team to run the table. I think it's too early to crown USC the Pac-10, Pac-12, Pac-16, whatever champions. Mm-hmm. We know that uh, at some point they're going to come up in a game, where whether it be uh, Arizona or, you know, pick your, pick your run-of-the-mill average team where they give them a fit and mm-hmm. USC's – they're just not going to win every game by – 14 yeah. or, or, or 28 points. Um, right. But they look good this week. Yeah, they look fantastic this week. Running the ball, throwing the ball. They're very, very balanced on offense. You, 
that's what we talked about last week too though we we said this is the type of game where one team looks so much better and the other team's fate where USC could come out and win by two touchdowns and we didn't pick it but it had that feel like maybe that could happen but that's why you don't rush to judgment after week one when they struggled against Western Michigan and right. didn't look all that great and then they just come out and just put it on Stanford but then you shouldn't overreact to that either you know and say well all right put them in the title game they've won it you know but what a difference a week can make mm-hmm. so i mean that's that's about all i have to say about us another loss for us so picking that, that, that is that put us that puts us at one and two and then uh the uh oklahoma sooners traveled to ohio state and i did not realize that baker mayfield owned current owner he's a current owner of ohio yeah. stadium because Per Wikipedia. Uh, man, and I think if you ask Siri that. Yeah. Uh, so go and ask Siri. I was I was told, I was informed yesterday by Mr. Daniel Allen, if we, if we ask, ask Siri her. who owns Ohio Stadium, yeah. she'll tell you, and you'll be surprised. It's yeah. not it's not Paul, um, it's not uh, Bear Bryant, or it's not um, Woody Hayes, yeah. it's not Eddie George, it's someone completely, uh, yeah, not, not Jim Trestle. Yeah, walk-on. Yeah, former walk-on who's not even from the state of Ohio. Doesn't even play for Ohio State, wow. I don't think. Uh, that was impressive. Uh, man, Ohio State, remember, they gave up... Um, what was 400 it? yards passing to right. Indiana, which is why I picked Oklahoma to at least cover. Mm-hmm. And made you worry if you were an Ohio State fan yeah, with yeah. that attack coming in. But, yeah. but part of me thought, well, Meyer, in these big games, he usually you know, has them ready and... Uh, well, the game was knotted up at halftime. I mean, yeah. it played even. I think you know, Oklahoma made the right adjustments, whatever that was. They found the holes in Ohio State. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to figure out how that um, defensive line of Ohio State, State that was better than the defensive line at Tampa Bay when Shauna was there, yeah. how they didn't get enough pressure on Mayfield <laughs> for him to score. To, to lead that team to 31 points. So if anybody out there can clue me in on how a college defensive line that's supposed to be better than an NFL defensive line cannot get to a former walk-on quarterback. Yeah. That's why you don't overhype your own team. I mean, God, Because you set yourself when you say that they're better. As a, sets as a you coach, you know better. As a coach, yeah. don't you know better? You should know better. So, I mean... The, I overrated Ohio State seemingly because sure. I thought I thought they'd run the table this year. I had um, him in the national title game. <laughs> yeah, I had him winning it. So, not an ideal start. And so, Lincoln Riley Stoops was always known as a, in a lot of these recently in these big games. He he lose them. So Lincoln Riley, man, your second game ever coaching, and you go up there and do that. Whew. Man, what what do you do for an encore? That's a way to start. Yeah. I mean, don't don't <laughs> don't, don't lose this right. week. <laughs> don't lose the Baylor. Don't lose the Kansas. Don't lose you know right. later on. But that's a uh, who do they play this week? Do you know? It's some uh, directional school. I think, I think it's a. I think they do have a directional school. And if you bear with me one second, because that's that's a, a quite a high to come down from, and to make sure that you don't, you know, sleep too lame. So. Doubt they're gonna sleepwalk against Tulane. The so, Green Wave, or have a problem there, yeah. But so you gotta, did you, you gotta know, as, as nice as that was, you gotta put it behind you either way. And did you know the Tulane Green Wave kind of mascot is a pelican? Pelican, a pelican. The the wave. 
I, I, I don't know why. I just happen to know that. Hey, that's cool. So go Tulane. Jerry Springer, a Tulane alumni, if you didn't know that. Is he really? Yes, he is. Wow, Matt so, Forte running back from Tulane. There you go. Been big time from there. So. so they got that going for Ohio us. Ohio State licking their wounds. Urban Meyer probably went into the tunnel, ate a Papa John's pizza on yeah. a golf cart, yeah. as he tends to do. Yeah. May or may not have some medical issues come up at some point during the year. I, 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 I can tell you. Yeah, and then have a dream about his team and come back, like he did at Florida. Hmm. But will he come back at Ohio State, or will he come back really resurface at UMass, or really resurface yeah. at Hawaii? Who knows? Tough um, break for Urban. Tough. We all feel bad. For you him. know, I, I do know where Urban wasn't, and that was after the game. He wasn't at the fifty-yard line with Baker Mayfield celebrating. Yeah, and I like that. That I, man. It's so my thought. We both think he, he shouldn't have apologized for it. You never, don't need to apologize never, for that. Never. So, like, my thought is, like, all right, if you invade a country and you conquer them, what you do is you plant your flag there and say, this is my territory, mm-hmm. this is my... That's that's all he did. He went in there and he conquered them. And currently, like we said, he owns the stadium. So who, who cares? It's not a big what? deal. The band was, like, walking out there, and they looked like if you, like... If you watch those National Geographic videos and say a lion like takes down a zebra and then the other zebra come and they kind of timidly kind of you know look and come forward and you know they're not going to do anything. Right. So the band was like inching closer. They're like, oh, the band is taking offense to that. The band doesn't like. And we're like, okay, what's the band going to do? Right. They don't. They don't play defense. <laughs> now so. Start swinging your trombones at them. So I liked it. Hey, how is that any different though from I know Florida State? I think Clemson has a sod cemetery where they and they go to an opponent's. Field. If they win, they cut out a piece of side. And I know mm-hmm. that's not as big of a display because most people don't even see that side cemetery. Yeah. But they'll go in there and cut out that side. How's that any different than than a side cemetery collection? I don't. I don't know. I think it's less. I'm. I'm all for doing that stuff. I don't like it. I don't like it when they take up the grass. Like I, I don't like it when Georgia Tech takes hedges off and puts them in their mouth. Because don't don't mess with you know. I know Georgia Tech. Don't they like to take a tea from somewhere on the campus of wherever they're at? Maybe one of our listeners can, can clue us in. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure they like taking a tea, like from a sign or whatever, and they take that um, huh. kind of – maybe I'm wrong. I think that's – I mean, that's fans. That's not the team. Sure. But I don't like doing anything. Like, I wouldn't want to damage or deface or take grass or something like that. Um, but planting your flag or, like, going out and dancing on the logo, like, I don't mind when – we lost to Tennessee, and I think it was 04 – and I remember, I forgot what his name was, a cornerback, something Allen. So he runs out there with the flag and puts it down, you know, holds it right on the G at midfield. And people were upset. I didn't, I mean, it doesn't bother me. Like if when Tech goes and dances on the G, it doesn't bother me. I mean, you can say, well, they're disrespecting our logo. But yeah, I, mean, I, I got an idea. Win the yeah. game. Yeah, exactly. Win the game. You don't have to worry about it. Right? So that's a whole bunch of. It's so yelling about nothing, and it, it was funny though. The um, did you hear Fowler and Herb Street narrating it? When Herb uh, Street's like, "Oh, he's not gonna," he couldn't. Or Fowler was like, "No, he's not gonna put that." Out. Okay, there, yeah, he's not gonna play. And then yeah, they were yeah. like, "Oh, yeah," you know. And and I heard Herb Street after after the fact kind of talk about the planting of the flag, and of course, you know, the choir boy can't uh, Kirk Herb Street. Made some remarks and said, "Hey, I know Baker, Baker Mayfield. He's kind of got a chip on his shoulder. I know the kind of guy he is. He, he, I don't. He really didn't mean disrespect by it, but he felt disrespected from last year when Oklahoma, when Ohio State's band came on the field, played their fight song. Herb Street was kind of explaining that away. They do that after every game. 
doesn't matter. You know, Mayfield felt disrespected. Okay, guess what? I got your number, Ohio. You know, we came in here, and he's he's like he's like a uh, he almost reminds you of Johnny Manziel. You know, kind of plays with a chip on his shoulder, kind of a little, little more more, together in the right, head, I think. right. But yeah, yeah, but like I see that what renegade you're mentality. Yeah. And he, you know, he hell. I mean, if anybody knows me um, and knows how much trash I like to talk, had I gone in there and beat Ohio State. Your dad gum right. I would have taken that flag and I would have buried it right in the middle of that O. Yeah. And then I would have, you know, gone. I would have challenged anybody to an arm wrestling match or something. <laughs> or something. <laughs> who wants? A, who yeah. else? I mean, I would have felt like Debo from Friday, man. You who would. else wants some of this? <laughs> you know. You would have run after the band and threatened oh, to beat up the nerds. Oh my and, yeah. gosh! And then now, you know. But issue yeah, an you apology. earned it, man. I mean, you earned it. Don't. If you, if you, I can understand if he, if he had made some degrading remarks. Um, Urinated on the field, right? Like I mean, that. that's that's a little over the top, right? You don't yeah. you don't want to take it that far, but an apology. Are we? I mean, this is a, mm. a nation of pansies. Yeah. I mean, I think that's just the every time somebody says something, I'm so sorry. No, yeah, no, you're not. You you're might just have saying offended that. someone. Yeah. So you know, God forbid. This is football, guys. This is not. Um, we're not talking about. He didn't, you know, call anybody a name or, mm-hmm. or anything like that. So, Baker Mayfield, hats off to you. Great performance this week. Yes, sir. NFL, do we really want to talk about the NFL? Because that, huh. was, that was ugly. We were both one and three. Uh, lucky to be one and three, probably. Yeah. Um, oh, wait. I had the – okay, so oh, I said – Yeah, yeah, yeah I said if Beckham plays, I pick the Giants. If not, I'll take the Cowboys. Right. So, technically two and two. But one of my wins, I took Jacksonville only because – to mix it up because right. you took Houston. So I didn't right. really earn that one. So in the games I thought, because I thought Houston would win and cover. So, so really, I went one and three in who I thought was going to cover, you know, beat the spread. So it's whew, it's just you never think. Or one and two, actually. You were one for three. Uh-oh. We only picked three games. Oh, yeah, yeah. So okay. anyway, but that's. So, like, it, it just, that's why the NFL is so hard to pick mm-hmm. against the spread and even straight up. But. Because you would think, all right, Houston just has dealt with this hurricane and all of the passion there and J.J. Watt, what he's done, all this stuff, right? So right. they're the feel-good story. They're coming out at home with J.J. Watt and Jadavion Clowney and mm-hmm. all this, and they're playing hapless Jacksonville, who just has looked terrible. Jacksonville's best receiver tears his ACL like yes. on the first drive. Yes, And You don't have to remind me. He's on my fantasy team. <laughs> yeah. So Allen Robinson tears his ACL. So you're down your best receiver, and then they just go out there and put it on them. Yeah. Leonard Fournette, 100 yards, one touchdown. Yeah. Um, Blake Bortles leading the charge. Uh, uh, Saxonville. Saxonville. I mean, go get, like I said, jump on the bandwagon now, folks. Uh, you, you. <laughs> I've, look, I've been, I've, I've been on the sideline with that team. I know what they're about. <laughs> Um, you can add that in the AFC South is not yeah you know, division of champions right it nine and seven could win that division yeah I mean it, you got the the Colts the who knows when when Andrew Luck's gonna play or how if, it, if he's gonna play right. you've got Houston now going to Deshaun Watson at at, at quarterback and mm-hmm. then the I Titans think the Titans that are who I think will win it gosh it's, but it's been the Jags nemesis forever man yeah um the Titans are the Titans are have a very good team this year, I think, with Mariota and they added some receivers. And so I would pick the Titans, but that doesn't mean anything 
So, so hey, there's Jacksonville. It's up for grabs. Why not? Yeah, why not? We won't spend too much time on Giants uh, because they didn't really show hideous. up. Was that, was, that, was that not the worst NFL game you watched? Offensively, and that was kind of like a lot of the games of the day summed up and, and put on display. Offensively, it was just like Eli looking confused and scared, checking down to his running backs. And dinking and dunking and, and three and out punt three and mm-hmm. out punt and it was just awful. I mean, so dull. I was, I couldn't I couldn't stomach more than about a quarter and a half of that. Yeah, that was probably the worst game of uh, the weekend. If I had to, it was terrible. And and there were probably some some other dogs. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, for the hometown fans of Falcons, uh, part of that Georgia state of Georgia weekend up in in yeah. the mid, upper Midwest. The Falcons go on the road and were challenged um, by the Chicago Bears. By the Bears, yeah. They, that was a, a little hairier than it should have been. was expected. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you got that one right, though, didn't you? Yeah, I, I just think I, I went to my against-the-spread picks and, yeah. and looked at his history, and uh, history was on my side this time. Mm-hmm. I'm a, and if you know me, I'm a huge fan of history. That was my mm-hmm. favorite subject in, in high school and college. So, um, Got you a win. Got me a win. The, the birds go, but here's the deal uh, in terms of standings, the spread doesn't matter. The right. Falcons win. They're one to know. Glennon can't get it done. And, man, Guy really had two drops. And if you ask me, the Falcons got away with the pass interference on one of those plays. But mm-hmm. nonetheless, it wasn't called up. But if you're Glennon, how can you take that sack? Or, or how, how can you call a play call where Glennon has to hold the ball that long at the end of the game? Kudos to Atlanta for coming in, getting that sack, and closing yeah. it out. And they really won that on defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the offense wasn't wasn't – Running like a well-oiled machine, you know. Right. They had to pick up where they were from last year, mm-hmm. and you got to wonder how much, you know, their their losses they had, Shanahan and everything. How much that makes a difference, but it wasn't a. But but again, it's it's week one, and offenses usually aren't in sync, right? And it's tough to go play on the road anywhere in the NFL. Yeah. And I, I think if you're going to catch the Falcons, I don't think they're going to average uh, as many points as they did last season. I think that was just. Uh, I think all the cards fell in the right place. I think if you're going to catch this team, you better catch them early before they get it figured out because they yeah. do have a ton of weapons. Uh, mm-hmm. You're the, the defending NFC champions. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else from the NFL that that shocked you or surprised uh, you? Andy Dalton um, was was probably the worst quarterbacking performance I've ever seen against the Ravens, throwing for like less than 100 yards, four interceptions, no touchdowns. So shout out to Andy Dalton for for being god awful. Um, nothing. Nothing that I can really think that jumped hey. out. Crazy ending to Monday Night Football with the Chargers and the Broncos. Um, and we were all introduced to probably our favorite on-air personality, Mr. Sergio Dips, with two Ps. Sergio Dip. Yes. Uh, well, let's, let's preface that because he is from ESPN Deportes, right? I don't know. I think he is. He's now, probably going back to ESPN Deportes. I know now, that. He, if he's only has been Deportes, he, he probably is commentating football, right? Foot, real football, real yeah. foot. But he was on ESPN on the second game of Monday Night Football doing American football, not yeah. not 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 Which is his um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Basically, you could tell that he was not necessarily a student of the game. You know, like he wasn't the most educated, or maybe that he might not have done 
any prep at all. Do you, do you blame Sergio Dip or do you blame his producers Both. or the network for putting him in a position to fail? Because as a coach, your job is to, or a leader, is to put your people in a position to be successful. That's true. And I'm going to tell you, when I was listening to that monologue that he had, I, I was, was trying to figure out if my son had somehow, my eight-year-old son had somehow got into my TV and was telling me what was going on because I was, and I was busy doing something else. I was like, wait, what, what's going on here? And I, I, yeah. And I was like, this is, who's, who, this guy was so excited. And I, I could, I could hear the excitement and nervousness in his voice. And I was thinking to myself, was this like we pick a random fan to be on ESPN because yeah, we might want a contest? Yeah, we fired all of our talent, and now we get Rex Ryan calling the game. Yeah, and I guess was it Beth equally Beth, terrible? Beth Rex Moen, Ryan. Beth Moen also. Moens or Mowens or whatever. So, I, I, and I don't know who got the worst end of that deal. I think Beth Mowen got the worst end of it. She was clearly the better of the three of them, as far as you know, sounding like she belonged there. Right. So that that you want to talk about it. An all-star lineup to trot out there. Rex Ryan, Beth, and Sergio Dip. I mean, it's like they just don't care anymore. They right? don't. They, so, refresh my memory now. After that, I was kind of tuned out. It was hard for me to watch the game. I was tired. It was windy, rainy. I was nervous about some other things. I went to bed. Did they bring back the sideline reporter, Sergio I never Dip? saw him again. So, I watched through the third, never saw him again. I, I don't think they brought him back at all. So, I think he was... Uh, one and done. Okay. So ESPN has gone away from the sexist route of having a female sideline reporter mm-hmm. to now having a minority sideline reporter. But now I'm upset because I'm a minority and nobody called me. And <laughs> I really feel like I can do a better job than Sergio Dip. So ESPN, uh, you'll probably be hearing from my lawyers from the NAACP at some point. Yes, that's that's that would be great. And he, they might send you a heartfelt apology from their hotel room like Sergio, <laughs> like Sergio Dip did. Her heartfelt statement, three minutes long, invoking nine oh eleven and the tragedy, and explaining like, all right, yeah, take your L, laugh, laugh at yourself. Right. That's how you get these to go away. Right. You don't compound it by Making doing a really weird video from yeah. your hotel bed. Yeah, that's that was so unprofessional, and then post on Twitter. I just yeah, that sounds like something that I would do. Hey. I don't. So, yeah, that, was, that my, was another no. high point of the weekend. But other than that, nothing really. So, and I, so, you know, if you missed it, Google Sergio Dip. And Sergio Dip, two Ps. What was it? Boom goes the... Boom goes the dynamite. Yeah, yeah he's got company now yeah. in that because that was the the best of the best. For 12 years, that, right. that had a, a running Boom goes For the dynamite. For cringeworthy commentating. Right. That guy was a student, so, hey, he had... He had an excuse. Right. He wasn't being paid to be on national television. Now they, so they paid Sergio Dip to say what he said. I'm assuming at some point there was there was compensation for it. So they signed a contract. They said, go on here and say that the coach is prepared, uh, minority, biggest moment of his life. Because he cha- he, remember, he played two different positions, and that was serving him well in the game, they said, at that early moment. The time of his life. And yeah, so what's funny is that they had to, uh, like, I don't know if they auditioned, but at some point you're going through a list of people and you have to say, okay, yeah, that would be the best guy for the so opening they week said, of Monday night. So they went through and they said, well, we can't get Gus Johnson. 
Uh, we can't get Pam Oliver. Yeah, Samantha, Pond- uh, Samantha Ponder's doing she, this studio stuff. Okay. She can't be down there. Daniel Susie Allen. Colbert? No. No, Daniel Allen. He's changing diapers. No. Art Mosley. No, his back hurts. Yeah. Uh, Your pet cat. Uh, uh, Justin Gillum, maybe they could have got Justin. He's he a soccer guy. Yeah, he would have been more prepared. Guy. Yeah, he would have had something at least oh articulate gosh, to provide. So. But all right, let's so. let's we laughing can, at ESPN like it's kind of like a weekly national pastime now. It is. It's, it is ESPN. You can't get out of your own way. Nope. So we appreciate it. So let's look. Let's put that in the past and right. look to the future. So Florida taking on TCU this week. TCU, Texas Christian. No, 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 no. Huh? You didn't know Horn Frogs. No, no, no. Trash can you? <laughs> Did I not tell you they Trash changed their name? University. No, I changed their name. The TCU. The TCU. You can say it like that, and they yeah. Right. It's like the U or the Ohio yeah. State. The T- so Trash Can U. Trash Can University. That's got a ring to it and a fitting, fitting title. Trash Can U is a five-point dog this week to the Florida Gators. Yeah, it, man. Which it takes a special type of. It's five-point. Dog to the to the Gators at this point in the year. Uh, now, I don't know how Vegas can come up with that line. We don't even know who's playing for the Gators. We do know right. that um, uh, Felipe Franks is going to start at quarterback. Okay. That's what I've heard. He hasn't. No fraud this week for him. No, no fraud. No. Okay. So he's. I think he's clear. He's not in in, in the dragnet so no. far. So so. We're, we were kind of wondering: Is it okay? All right, Antonio Callaway, Jordan Scarlett, and the eight other guys. So. The apparently the investigation, at least some of it, was delayed due the to the hurricane, everybody evacuating and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, are they available? Are they suspended for a second game? They had their last game canceled, so this would be their second game. That does anybody know? I don't know if anybody knows. Ex- I don't even know if um, Shark Club, uh, Jim McElwain. Yeah. <laughs> He might the know. shark wrestler is that? I was saying, you know, he was probably it's a different guy. Oh, okay. I... So he claims <laughs> we got photo evidence that suggested it's not a different guy. But, yeah. Let me compose myself. Yeah, McIlwain has has been very vague, very vague about what's going on mm-hmm. with his suspended players. That that makes a big difference, I think. Um, whether or not Florida, I mean, it makes us hard, makes it hard for me to pick this spread. I think there's no way. That uh, that Florida can cover five and a half points without Scarlett and Callaway, and even with one of them, I still think is very difficult. Yeah, because they haven't proven that they can throw a forward pass. Now Tennessee will give you all the yards you want, uh, Florida. So if you can find somebody who can run the ball, Tennessee will be willing to give you six hundred yards rushing. Just ask Georgia Tech. Yeah. Yeah, not a not a stone wall there at the line of scrimmage. So, I mean, it's that's gonna that's gonna be a tough challenge. I don't. Hey, late breaking news? Did did you have some late breaking news? It appears from a verified Twitter account that that Callaway and Scarlett will not play. I don't know if the line moved or not, but what we have is what we have. Five and a half. Hey, the that's Gators. What we got. Yeah. Well, well, in Vegas, if you get your bet in when you know before it's it's, it's locked it doesn't in. Matter, right? So yeah, we're right. taking five and a half. I, it's hard to. So that's at Florida. The uh, Butch, it's hard to me to for me to put much confidence in Butch really doing much of anything in big games. He beat Florida and Georgia last year, but and their team, I just don't know what to what to think from them. I don't think their their offense will be able to do much against Florida. But like you, like I mean, they still haven't haven't scored a touchdown this year. No, they don't look all that capable of it. No. 
So, uh, what do you think? I think that this is a low-scoring, knockdown, drag-out fight. I think that Tennessee wins this ball game thirteen to nine, and I predict two dunks in the trash can. Two dunks. One makes it this week. One does not. You know what I would love is if Florida got a pick and one of their players ran over and tried to dunk it in the Tennessee trash can. That would be awesome. I, I when you were telling saying your score, the first score that popped into my head was thirteen to ten. But I'm gonna I'll bump it up. I'll say sixteen. To, I'm gonna give Florida a touchdown. Okay, okay. Uh, sixteen to thirteen. Sixteen thirteen. We both have Vols. We both have Trash Can U trash winning. Can you. Yeah. So we will put TCU down for that. Yes, sir. TCU, not to be confused with the Horn Frogs. A test. Right. It's the Trash Can University. Trash Can University volunteers. Not uh-huh. okay. All right. Clemson. Man, Clemson. two two weeks in a row. They they're getting tested, right? Yeah. They're going up to play that video, the human like video game, Lamar Jackson, who looked more like Lamar Jackson this yeah. week. Yeah. Uh, Joker had what uh, 393 yards passing, 132 yards rushing. Didn't they lose their like leading running back the week prior? I think he had like a broken foot. Louisville. Yeah, and they had a backup come in and, and maybe this not not backup, but another guy come in for 100 about 130 126 yards I think. Um, I'm not going to be stat guy today. Yeah. But 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 Lamar getting back to to yeah looking like Lamar he what averaging five hundred and five yards a game mm-hmm. he had five twenty something last week yeah just just toying with you, mighty Tar Heels so um, that's gonna be a, a different kind of dudes that they're he's lined up against this week yeah remember this is that same Clemson team that had eleven sacks against Auburn yeah. Um, I think Lamar is able to avoid some of those sacks mm-hmm. just because of. I mean, he's got that escape. He's got that wiggle, as some yeah. would say, that escapability. Yeah, he just kind of gets it, gets it done, gets out of there, and makes things happen with his legs. Uh-huh. I I got the over under on sacks at five for Clemson five. in this game. Now I know that's not that's a that's my prop bet. So we're, yeah, um, I could say I I would probably say under. I, I could see like four, four, maybe more, but. Um, that's gonna be it's it's harder corralling a guy like him. So the last three years, this has been a, a one possession game that came down to the last possession mm-hmm. between them two. So even last year, you know, when they won the national title, as good as they were, Lamar took them to the end. So I would I'm expecting the same thing. I'm expecting it to be down to the fourth quarter. I I don't doubt that. I think it goes down to the wire. I think. Clemson is better than Louisville, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think, as a team overall. One thing to note, and I don't know if this sack's included, uh, uh, the Louisville defense held North Carolina to 17 total rushing yards. Um, Impressive. So, so it, hey, if you can make Kelly Bryant throw it on you right. and make him prove it, I mean, he's got receivers, but kind of keep him – keep him in check. It's With Lamar, you're, you're always going to have a chance, right? right? So – um, what's the what's the Clemson, Clemson is three? favored by three on the road at Louisville, oh. and we'll learn a lot I think this week also about Auburn because if they go up there and Louisville is able to move the ball at will against them, then then you'd feel like you know not as impressive by right. Auburn. So, right. But I don't. Oh, that's tough. I'll I'll the safe pick and and stick with pick Clemson to win that, but it it really wouldn't surprise me if Lamar could put up, you know, 
31 points and and Clemson couldn't keep up. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's tough. I'll say Clemson 31, Lamar 28. And I'm saying Lamar because it's Lamar. So know? Clemson gets that three points, so it's uh, so you would hit the nail right on the head. So um, what is that? Is that taking Clemson to cover? Yes. Yeah. They okay. would they would hit that three points. Right. 31-28. So um, – I think it's a revenge game. I hate picking Petrino because I just don't like the guy. He's a terrible person. Um, yeah. I I just I just think it's revenge time. I think Lamar proved how elusive and effective he is. I don't think North Carolina's defense is anything, but I think it is a one possession game. Uh, but I think that possession uh, allows Louis, uh, Louisville to go on top, thirty five thirty over Clemson. Like it. Uh, so thirty five to thirty. Louisville over Clemson, and the ACC is in shambles. As now mm. Louisville is the you know, and, and this I think might be the de facto title game for the ACC um, Atlanta, uh, yeah. Coastal Atlantic Division. Excuse me. Could be. Uh, you know, we don't know what we're getting to get with Florida State. Florida uh-huh. State, and we're running a little. I know we're running long talking about some of these games because the fourth game we had this week, Florida State Miami, has been canceled. Yeah. So we won't even be talking about that it's this a shame. week. So. It's a shame. Um, uh, in, in, so, um, there you have it. I've got Louisville thirty-five thirty. Daniel's got Clemson thirty-one twenty-eight. Um, that'll be a difference maker because we are yes, sir. we are picking opposite. Texas. So the rematch, yeah, the the rematch of a game that was played what? Yeah, eleven, 11 years, years ago? ago. But was my favorite, most entertaining championship in, in college that I would agree with that I can, I can remember but can you really call it a rematch if like the coaches aren't the same the players aren't the same <laughs> schools are the same and it's funny because USC um, claims that all time they're 4-0 against Texas but didn't they lose to <laughs> because <Vince> they have <laughs> Brown in a title game Vince Young yeah, yeah Brown I'm sorry <laughs> um because since they had to vacate that season and all those wins, they also have taken the liberty of vacating the loss. So How does in that their work? record, <laughs> so you can vacate losses now. So in their by their record, they're four and zero all time, and that game never happened. Is that some kind of like liberal weed smoking match? I don't know what. Hey, whatever. I guess if I guess that's one way that actually, you know. Um, infractions and having to vacate wins can actually come back to help you in the end it helps you in that series and makes you undefeated so impressive work i don't think we're gonna see a same type game this week uh look are you telling me that texas shot a san jose state 55 nothing texas over san jose state this week defense shows up right we gave them guff yeah one about giving up 51 to maryland they come out and they held san jose state to Zero points. I mean, yeah. are they? I mean, Texas is back. They're playing <laughs> another team from California. I mean, what's the uh-huh. difference here? Uh, a couple of talent differentials, a little bit there. Oh, a little bit. <laughs> Learn me something. <laughs> here. Uh, Darnold, Ronald Jones, Stephen Carr. Um, yeah, that's that's gonna be that's a little different beast. That's gonna be a challenge for Tom Herman and the boys. I don't. I can't see. I can't see a good result. For for the Longhorns in this one, seventeen points is a bit that's a lot. bit wide though for me. That's a lot. Hey, look, we talked about Bryce Love rush for one sixty. Texas had a back. Chris Warren 
carried 22 times for 166 yards, man. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was wearing down some some Spartans last week. So is he, Spartans? Is that San Jose, yeah, San Jose Spartans? So Spartans two weeks and, in a row. And USC Trojans. Trojans. Yeah, same nice same kind of same. <laughs> yeah. It's from the same era, yes, right? Sir. Spartans Trojans. Right. I mean, from the 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 back in the day. Right. Yeah, I know exactly. What you're um, exactly. So so that's they they got some things done. Offense wasn't their problem against Maryland either, though. It was the fifty points given up to. To a team. So, do you think they surrender fifty points to USC? I don't think they'll give up fifty. I would put USC in the mid to high thirties. Okay, I would say, and I would say Texas can get high twenties, maybe low thirties. So let's. All right. So we got a got the rematch. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe this is the week that things kind of like we said, don't get over excited about week one. I think maybe this is a week that things stabilize. Yeah. For yeah. for Texas, you're telling me Texas goes out to Southern Cal. Southern Cal is piping this up as the rematch because they lost that. Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't lose that game, right. they, but it's the a game rematch. Never it never happened, but it's a rematch. So yeah. I don't understand how that yeah. works. And uh, seventeen-point dogs going out to Texas, uh, going out to Southern Cal. Um, you're telling me that the Trojan defense is going to yield could yield Let's high twenties. And this I'll is say s- that the Trojan defense gives up thirty points. 30 points. And I know I, I went all in on Tom Herman week one, or before the season. And that might have backfired just a little bit. <laughs> but, no, yeah, I'll, I'll say give me Texas 30, USC 45. 45 to 30. Mm-hmm. You're going with USC wins. Yeah. But, but they do not cover. That's Don't a, cover. That's a lot of points. 17. That is a lot of points, and I'm going to take the bait. I am going to take the bait, and I'm going to say I like the I like the 40 number for USC. I'm going to go ahead and put them at 48. Southern Cal at 48. All right, that's uh, that's going to be six touchdowns and two field goals at 48. All right. all right, and the mighty Texas Longhorns. All right, 27. Okay, okay. so I've got 48, 27. That spread just wasn't quite enough for you. No, you saw no, it. You're like, That's I was like, a little bit low. I, I, I'm a firm believer that that Southern. Now, they bit me in the butt last week, so I'll probably do it again. Let's move on quickly to the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, very quickly. Very quickly. Uh, three games we want to talk about. I'm going to go bottom to top here. We'll save the. I think the best game of the weekend for yeah, last. the most relevant and the right. best matchup. Min- Minnesota uh, traveling to Pittsburgh. Uh, mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook, man, what a week he had last week. Uh, uh, Sam Sam Bradford, what? I yeah, mean, yeah, looked looked like uh, looked like Drew Brees out there yeah. on the field instead of Drew Brees. And Dalvin broke Adrian Peterson's uh, rookie, you know, first game rushing record with 127 yards. And looked fantastic, and they got Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen, mm-hmm. um, who I, I have on, on my fantasy team, which made me, you know, one pick that worked out. Right. So so they've got a, a good aerial attack. They got Dalvin on the ground, um, and they got a solid defense. So so Minnesota looked great in week one. Pittsburgh did not. No, they didn't. Going to Cleveland and winning by a field goal. Yeesh. Le'Veon Bell, 55 yards total, which was the lowest of his career. Big Ben, Big ben never plays all that great on the road, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, the difference between when he plays at home and on the road, the stats is just crazy. He's For some reason, he's just not all that great on the road. But he's not on the road. 
So he's at home. So you're telling me don't get too high on Minnesota. They were playing no, at home. Yeah, yeah. And, I, do, and don't get too low on Pittsburgh. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to pick first this time so we can make sure that we don't have the same same picks going okay. here. Yeah. All right, uh, six and a half points. I'm, I'm still not impressed by Pittsburgh. I think they'll. I think Antonio Brown uh, will get will continue um, because I think he he had a big game last yeah, week. Yeah, 180 uh, yards. He just yeah, does. He does, does what he does, does right? every week. Yeah. Uh, I, I still think he'll have a big. I think big game. You, um, Le'Veon Bell, easing back into it from his holdout. Uh, but I think this game is decided by less. Then a touchdown. The line is at six and a half. I'm going to go Pittsburgh 27, Minnesota 21. Okay. And so Pittsburgh does not cover. I got Pitt 27, Minnesota 21. Give me Minnesota in the points. Mm-hmm. So I think that the Steelers will will bounce back from that ugly showing. I don't think they'll be you know clicking on all cylinders right away because I think that holdout did matter for for Le'Veon. So I'll put. I'll say Pittsburgh 24, Minnesota 17. So you got Pitt 24, Minnesota 17. You're taking Pittsburgh covers. Pitt to cover. Uh-huh. All right. Moving on, Dallas and Denver, man. Uh, we were shocked last week to discover that you could be suspended but still play in a football game. Yeah. Uh, and I think that suspension has been. Yeah, he got his, his, his basically his restraining order. So. so so until um, they rule on that, he's free to free to play. So you know Zeke had 104 rushing yards, Dak, you know 268 passing yards. They they did it against a very poor New York Giant football team. We talked about that at nauseum. Mm-hmm. They're traveling to Denver, who did everything in their power to snatch uh, defeat out of the jaws of victory. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they they. Came away with the win against the Chargers. Yeah, well-timed timeout. It's You don't see that work all that often where they, they kick a field goal on the coach, which I hate. That last when second they call timeout. The timeout. Yeah, yeah it's when kind they of sit bush there and wait. And um, I just can't stand it. I like it when, you know, many times in the past when they do it, they call it and the guy misses it and mm-hmm. then makes it the second time. That's, I like that. Right. But, so yeah, he called that timeout right as the kicker was kicking, made the field goal, and the second time uh, missed it. So, um Dallas, yeah, Dallas, a two and a half point favorite on the road. Uh huh. Um, not, in, I was not impressed with with Sleeman, <laughs> Trevor Simeon, him, or, him yeah. or or C.J. Anderson in the back. Their whole backfield, just nothing offensively. That they've just been in no man's land since Peyton no. left, and even his last year, he was not very good offensively. So, um, I'm comfortable taking Dallas you're in co- that game. Yeah. So you're gonna take Dallas, uh, Dallas to cover. You got a score for me. Mm. I feel like every game I'm going to have in the 20s to in the high teens. All Dallas 27, Denver 14. Okay. Uh, I tell you what, the, I love Von Miller, man. And, and, yeah, and he's a great, great uh, linebacker. Great character, too. I, oh, my gosh. The, my favorite commercial right now was the one where they say, hey, we got this. We found this in your locker. And he's like, coach, I'm, I'm delicate. Uh, I think Denver is delicate this week against Dallas. I think Dallas rolls. Um, Denver's going to score some points. I will. I will give. Um, I don't know why I'm going with 21. I think 21 points for Denver, and I'm going to go with uh, 30 for Dallas. Okay. So Dallas, we both take Dallas here. And last but not least, the opening 
of Mercedes-Benz Stadium here mm-hmm. in Atlanta. Uh, the Falcons last week went up to Chicago. We talked about it earlier, one twenty-three seventeen. They get a relatively healthy uh, Green Bay team coming in. Mm-hmm. Now, they Aaron, look really good in week yeah. one now, against Seattle. Now, Seattle, and that's a, a physical, aggressive defense. They were yeah. they were beaten up a little bit on uh, Aaron Rodgers, but uh, – you know they go up. They go up to Seattle, win seventeen nineteen. So a little, little bit of road warrior in that. Um, Russell, you know Matt Ryan, obviously much better quarterback than Russell Wilson at this point in yeah. their careers. So you got the high octane offense of of um, of Atlanta against the, the just the get it done savviness, the the crafty mm-hmm. veteran and of of Aaron Rodgers, who who seems timeless at this, at this point in his career. Uh, the Falcons are a two and a half point favorite at home against the Green Bay Packers in a rematch of the NFC title game. Daniel, uh, what's your take on you this? You go first. Well, I'm going to go first. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, um, I, I, that's fine. I'll go first. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll explain my take okay. when I go with the pick. All right. Well, I, I'm going to tell you what. Uh, two years ago, uh, Falcons fans were wondering what happened to Vic Beasley. Uh, last Sunday, Falcons fans were wondering what happened to Vic Beasley. Uh, there was a lot of talk about Vic Beasley and, and his, his performance from last season. And also, uh, Tack McKin- McKinley, excuse me, not getting a whole lot of playing time. Um, probably didn't need him. The Falcons' defense showed up big. Um, I don't. I, I think that the Falcons, if you're going to catch them, you better catch them early before they get get acclimated to the new um, offensive coordinator, uh, Sarkeesian. Sarkeesian, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there's got to be some help there. Falcons on the offensive line didn't look too solid. I think there was a it was a tackle position that kind of got a got a little bit out of out of sorts. The Chicago Bears uh, got a lot of pressure on Matt Ryan. I thought you always have the threat of Julio Jones, but um, give him just enough time. Matt Ryan makes you pay. Uh, Austin Hooper with a couple big receptions in that game for the Falcons. I just think. This is Atlanta, and Atlanta teams do what Atlanta teams do. <laughs> They're opening up a new stadium. I know Green where you're Bay, going. Green Bay comes in here and just rains on Atlanta's parade. Okay. Discount double check. I'm I'm going Rogers. with the at the discount double check. I'm I'm using I'm looking the I'm I've got the belt right He's here. Doing the belt right here. Right here I'm doing the belt. I've got Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers beating the Falcons. Mm-hmm. 31 to 30. 31. Oh, one-point game. That's going to be nerve-wracking. So is it a late touchdown, late field goal, a defensive stand? Got to be a late touchdown. It's a late touchdown. touchdown? Late touchdown. Falcons are up. You know, they get a field goal to put it up by two scores. All right, they're up, feeling pretty good about themselves at 24-30. Kind of like what we saw last week, okay? Uh With a a six-point lead, but the difference is Aaron Rodgers goes down and scores that touchdown. Not Mike Glennon. No, (laughs) but... Let's see, we're talking about two completely different <laughs> caliber of quarterbacks here. So, yeah. uh, sorry, Atlanta. I, I I still think Atlanta is will will be uh, a force to be reckoned with. But this week, I think Green Bay comes in and uh, gets it done. I'm with you. I think the Atlanta offense is much better at home. Well, they're better at home in a dome than they are on the road out in mm-hmm. the elements, right? So, mm-hmm. I think they'll they'll look better this week. I just don't think. I don't. I'm with you. I don't think they'll slow down Rodgers enough and, and tie Montgomery back there. Um, I think it'll kind of be a shootout. 
which means it'll probably be a defensive battle. But I think it'll be a shootout too. So I I think Rodgers goes up and down the field, and, and Atlanta can't make enough plays to keep up with them. I would put I've got to think of a number. Give Rodgers. You already said thirty-one. Mm-hmm. I'll say Rodgers twenty-four. Packers twenty or thirty-four. Atlanta twenty-eight. So they get four touchdowns, but it's just not quite enough. Julio will get his first t- touchdown of the year, I think. But it's just not quite enough. So we're both taking Green Bay. So, yeah. All right. So we recap these picks. We both got Green Bay. We both got Dallas. I've got Minnesota. You've got Pitt and college. Uh, we both have Trash Can U. Uh, I've got Louisville. You've got Clemson. And I've got USC. Uh, and you've got Texas, you're taking Texas in the points. Welcome horns. Hey, I've got some irrelevant news of the week. Uh, as you know, we, we like to be fans of the people, and we, I know we're running a little bit long this week, so thanks for bearing with us uh, for the irrelevant mo- segment of the week. Um, uh, bear with me one moment while I've, I scroll back through. Uh, During the irrelevant time, ir- ir- irrelevant time uh, player of the week here, since yes. you're going to talk about something irrelevant, yes, I'm going to eat a chocolate. All right, that's uh, chocolates are courtesy of um, of the wonderful host Hillary Mosley, who uh, ideally you shouldn't eat while you're yeah, but on air. Yeah, but we're trying to be like Sergio Dip here. (laughs) (laughs) Just uh, the most irrelevant news from this week and this week's uh, college football scores: Jerry Howard of Georgia Tech, a true freshman out of is he a college player? Because that name sounds like he he played in the forties. Yeah, Jerry Howard Jr. Okay, yeah. Okay, out of Georgia Tech, true freshman, and his first uh, collegiate play was. As I was told, he was shot out of a cannon, mm-hmm. okay, for an up-the-gut 65-yard touchdown run. Yeah, I saw that play, actually. I did. Uh, I didn't I because was they were playing Jacksonville State. So yeah, does this even count? Talks. Does this even count? I, I think it counts. It sounds like it counts to somebody. Well, He's he from Rock Hill, South Carolina, right. Jerry Howard. Okay. I do know that about him. All right. Well, Jerry, congratulations. That first, I mean, And we make light of that, but first collegiate carry to score a touchdown, that's Oh, so that was his first carry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's a way to do it. Yeah. So you want to come out of the gate, um, do that against Miami. Speaking of tech running backs and, and good early performances, I, I I know Jonathan Dwyer went crazy in his first game. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe he'll have a similar career, Jerry Howard. Yeah. He didn't have a whole lot of success against. So in that same text that we got, um, that, that, that so person. Why, why, but why are we – because what? the fans wanted us okay, to talk okay. about it. We're, the, we're the fan. We're the. It's like the V one hundred three, the people station. Right? Yeah, we're, we're giving we're, back to the people. We, you know, it's so they. They also told me that I was going to. So be shout out to Jerry Howard for that. That's that's the way to make your mark on your first play. Are you telling me that's the only because I really want to talk more about Georgia Tech. Are we done? Carry on. About? Carry on. No, yeah. no, we're not. We're done. We are done talking about Georgia Tech. Hey, we, you you wanted to. I, I think that's kind of all we had. I know you wanted to. You had a wild card this week, I think. Uh, overused phrases, yeah, just chance. chance, just things you hear at games that you that you wish you didn't hear. You know, just kind of. So my two examples, and this could be something you hear the fans yell in the stands. So for Georgia fans, for a long time, mm-hmm. it would have been "Run the ball, Bobo! Run the ball, Bobo!" <laughs> you know, they they love to yell at Mike Bobo when he was there, especially to run the ball, right? Right. So. Um, different, I'm sure, you know, people yell for the offensive coordinator's head, things like that. But there's two chants that I wanted to just mention that 
that I don't care for. The first is the SEC chant. Okay. So I've wait. I've, are you talking about talking about Ole Miss guy watching Alabama play Clemson and Alabama winning, and that guy saying SEC, SEC, yeah, SEC. So that you'll guy? hear. I mean, I've been in I've been in stadiums leaving after the game where we beat you know like an ACC team. And the fans start chanting SEC, which is the dumbest thing. We've, we've, we've ranted on here enough about how we hate conference, conference guy, guy right? right? But chanting your conference name is just, like, so, so stupid. Like, it's just so – chant your school name, yeah. But chanting your conference name is just the dumbest thing. Yeah. I just can't stand that. The other one is the overrated chant. When you chant overrated at a team. So if, say, George is number 15, mm-hmm. say – we played number one Alabama or number mm-hmm. two, whatever. They're, uh, if we play the top-ranked team. So they come in, and we beat them, and then we start chanting overrated to them. So, mm-hmm. But the, my problem with it is that, yeah, they might be overrated, but you're diminishing what you just did. Right. So you, if you beat the number one team, that's a heck of an accomplishment. Now, if you're saying, I just beat the number one team in the country, but they should have been the 10th team in the country. They weren't really the number one team. In the country. You're just diminishing what you just did. Sure. Sure. So to me, that's another chant that people like to. It sounds good at, at first, right? You're, it we're like you're insulting it, yeah, them, but, but you're really just kind of discounting what you did. So yeah, to me, any any you've heard that. You know, I, I really can't. I, yeah, we I, didn't prepare I, for that, so, so I didn't study. But count. but off the top of my head, you want to talk about this is kind of going back to week one, like. Uh, Things that get like are way too old, like people who aren't from Atlanta say ATL or Hotlanta, yeah. right? It's it's Atlanta, uh-huh. you know. Yeah. Um, but it's like going to a Braves game and hearing the Florida State band play the the uh, fight song, the uh-huh. the war chant or whatever, and I, every Brave fan doing the tomahawk chop. I mean, that's so 1995. Yeah, uh, it's not a phrase, um, but it's like, guys, we got to come up with something different. Mm-hmm. Um, Another thing I don't like. In some cases, this might be all right, but the the sit down guy, you know, the person that yells at the people in front of him to sit down. So I don't think you should sit down. Like, yeah, hey, sit down. <laughs> that guy. Yeah, I don't think you should stay in the whole game. But at times in the game, you're going to get off your seat right. if you have a pulse and if you care about what's right. happening. You're going to get out and get excited. But there's sometimes there's the guy that no matter what just happened, the biggest play in the game, sit down. You know, sit down. And and that guy don't care too much for that guy either. Um, some of the best chants, if I can, uh, my favorite moment, and I know this is football, but my favorite moment in a college basketball game is when somebody fouls out and the student section starts chanting left, right, left, right, as the player is walking to the bench, counting his steps, left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right, and the player refuses to sit down, but as soon as he sits down, they say, sit down. I, I think that is one of the yeah. more creative, creative chants, uh, um, but uh, and and then when you get a foul, uh, I, I know we see this a lot in high school basketball. The the, the fans start chanting, "You can't do you that. can't do that." I, that's I, I like a good that. One. I like that. Yeah. So so that's a good one. Another clever one that you hear um, more in high schools too. Some in college is when they yell, "Push it." Yes, instead of is there instead some other, the other phrase? <laughs> so if something if so if the ref makes a bad call, they just say, "Push it, push, push it. it." Right. Push. That's the like push it good, like that's salt and pepper. Is that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, that's very a good one. Um, Keeps it clean. This, Keeps it this clean. isn't really like a common chant, but you were talking about college basketball and chants. One of my favorite things in all of college sports, period, is at Kansas, the Rock Chalk Jayhawk chant. 
You've heard that? Mm-hmm. You haven't heard that? No, I, I don't like anything Kansas. Oh, man, but you've got to hear it. it as far Wichita as college State. traditions and things, it's it's like a, uh, it's kind of has like an eerie sound, but it's it's incredible. So that's one of my favorite. I'm not a Kansas fan, but that's to me one of the coolest traditions in college. Yeah, over You talked about overused chants. I'm sorry, I did forget one. Go Big Blue. Go, Go Big, Big Blue. Blue. Go Big Blue. That is probably the worst chant ever in the history of all of sports. I'm sorry. That takes a cake for me. Go Big Blue. Um, you get to hear that more often than you would either because you, for some reason, a lot of times choose to go watch Kentucky play Georgia, which never usually is going to end well. One year ended well. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. One year. When Maybe we- one year again it will. <sighs> It's it's always fun to watch Kentucky get beat. Oh, it's beautiful. All right, well we're 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 running out of material. I think it's time for us to sign yeah, off, man. Getting sleepy too. Yeah, it's t- it's it's time. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. We are the role players. You can find us on Twitter at uh, our our Twitter name at the role players one t h e r o l e p l e y e r s and then the number one mm-hmm. uh, on Instagram. I'm on Instagram. We're not, not on Instagram. No. no, we're not popular enough. We I wanted I do want to give a shout out to Terry Dunbar, uh, our 18th follower. Terry played offensive lineman at Washington and Jefferson College. So if you lasted this long, Terry, thanks a lot. Blocked and blocked for my brother as a running back at Washington Jefferson College in the late 90s, early 2000s. So Terry, thanks for uh, for tuning in and following us on Twitter. Um, you can find us on iTunes at The Role Players, uh-huh. uh, also on SoundCloud at The Role Players One, same as our Twitter handle. So go mm-hmm. in there, tell a friend, tell somebody, tell your mom, tell your dad. You, you need to listen. Know, listen, right? Listen. We appreciate everybody listening so far. You guys have been awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen and listen anyway because we know Our that opinions don't matter. But you should listen to them anyway. Just listen. Just listen. Just listen. listen to them. Yeah, I'm not gonna yell at you, but listen. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a great week. Stay safe. Remember, pray for Jacksonville. Pray for Houston. We will talk to you all next week. See y'all. Bye.